again with it, centering in front for Ennis. That goes off a stick in the Leafs have a two-on-one. At center ice, the pass to Kerfoot. Back in front of the net for Bunting. Bunting curled, scores! Michael Bunting with his first Leafs goal! And that two-on-one took forever! Station post game, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick with me, and yes, that was the lovely voice of Joe Bowen you just heard, and that was the lovely goal by Michael Bunting, tonight's first star. You know, I was ready to let it go, but he, the, the the young man from Scarborough just keep finding ways to sneak his way into these post game and intermission shows. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here. Gord, I mean, we can go anywhere you want with it. A uh, a, a very solid team win tonight, I think. Well, it was, and some adversity at the end of the second, so it's good they made a bit of a statement in the third period. And you're right about Michael Bunting that uh, he had a great chance, but he was on the wrong side stick-wise. So he had the presence of mind that he stuck with it, got himself in a better spot, made the shot, and that, you know, gave him the 3-1 goal. So that put it away. Got to say, you're sitting in Joe Bowen's chair. You're so tall. <laughs> Joe stole a chair from somewhere else here. So he's got a stool that's triple the size of any else. We got these chairs that you can't even see over. It's like the kids' table at, uh, at, at Easter or something like that. But... Well, anyway, I'll tell you what, we, we, we got a presence. If you want, we can trade. We've got okay. we got a couple breaks to take. We'll be with you until Just 10, kind of in awe of you. You're so like, yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm in awe of you, and we're all in awe of the Leafs. You after look like a three. pharmacist. You know the pharmacist? Yes, yeah, I, little, oh, yeah, that's, that's a great it, yeah. point. Why do those guys get to stand up so tall? It's just, like yeah. you, already, you already wear the lab coat. You probably have the glasses on to make you seem smart, and then you get to stand on a perch. So, Michael, so, so bunting was the prescription. Mm. How about that for the uh, Leaf third period and the, and the Leaf win? Yes, very much so. Uh, I mean, a lot, a lot to get into from this game. Although I, I have to be honest with with the empty net lurking there and them not able to find it. All I could think of is this. You know, there are many, many facets of the game in which you miss the guy who used to wear 11 here and Zach Hyman. But that was always his time to shine. And again, it doesn't come back to bite them tonight that they're unable to convert. But man, that's all I could think of when they're at, when they're and especially Tavares and Marner coming up yeah. snake bit at the end there. Oh man. And you know they weren't going to come off, nor no. should they. But, uh, boy, Ottawa, i got to say, like, like, like they were plucky in blocking yep. the empty net. Like, Marner thought, you know, Marner and Tavares, obviously you don't like your goal scorers like them. Three games without a goal. You sure to get on a little bit of a drought thing. But anyway, that was the last. And so the last minute or so, Ottawa with the empty net. Down two, and they never pressed. Leafs kept the puck in the Ottawa zone. No, there was one moment where Sandine got tangled up with someone, and I don't know if they had pulled the goal yet, but it was in the last couple minutes there. There were a couple of kind of dangerous flurries there, but that was kind of indicative of the dangerous chances Ottawa had tonight. And I'm using air quotes there because, yeah, they would have a couple of looks, and, hey, they, they managed to get a goal, so obviously, and, and they had the other that was disallowed uh, because it was offside. So obviously they had their looks, but it felt like the Leafs did a pretty good job defensively of keeping everything to the outside. Again, you're going to have the moments where the puck finds its way to the goal mouth and you have your jam plays. But I felt like all of the shots Ottawa was taking, just a lot of point shots, trying to filter things through. They did a good job of keeping the damage to a minimum, I thought. Yeah, they did. And then I know we'll look at uh, time on ice later on because really he was able to play the depth game he wanted to. Sheldon Keefe, particularly guys like Till and Timothy Lilligren getting decent ice time. And, and the blip was in the second period, again, Leafs had a two-man advantage, called a timeout, had the huddle, had the... Uh, uh, squeegee board out, the board, the whole thing, you name it, video, everything you can. And, man, power play did nothing except change momentum the Ottawa Senators' way. Ottawa, Ottawa cut it down 2-1, and then 
just with seconds left in the period, much like they did on the other night Thursday when they scored with one second left in the first period. It looked like Drake Patherson had tied it up. And then good review by the Maple Leafs. Boy, Patherson wasn't offside by much, but they go to the intermission up 2-1 instead of tied 2-2 to the Maple Leafs and gave him a chance to regroup, and I thought they did. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's well said by you. Again, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here with you. Leafs Nation postgame. The Leafs are 3-1 winners in their first Saturday night home game of the season at home against the Ottawa Senators. You know, depth scoring coming through. Kerfoot with a couple of points tonight. We've already talked about bunting. Wayne Simmons opening it. And again, I, I think that at this point in the season, that's encouraging to say that you don't need to rely on offense from Mitch Marner. You don't need to rely on offense from John Tavares. It is great now. But we're now three games into the season, and you're still looking for that top line to get going. And it's it's getting to the point where you're starting to say, okay, we're going to need that top line to, to click and get something. And I realize without Matthews, it changes the equation. But you still have John Tavares. You still have Mitch Marner. And I won't lump William Nylander in that because he's been phenomenal. Boy, hoping uh, Austin Matthews returns Monday against the New York Rangers. I mean, that, that was the original uh, prognosis they said. I hope that's the case. We'll find out more. And uh, the other part, talking about depth, it, it was kind of fun where we were sitting. I, I take it they were friends of Alex Bishop, you think? Yes. They started a little We Want Bishop chant. Of course, he was uh, the goal. He is the goaltender that plays for the University of Toronto and through a sense of quirky cap being up against the cap problems for the Maple Leafs, uh, he was signed as their backup goaltender tonight. Now, the belief is Michael Hutchinson, uh, they'll have – They'll, when they say they had it figured out, but there's a certain it's a, a duress thing after one game, then you get some relief. That relief will come Monday in being able to get the goaltender like a Michael Hutchison up as the backup. Yeah, and we, we talked about the Alab Bishop story. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe he feels a little differently about it. I think that night, the night went as well as it could for him. Went out there, got to skate in the warm-up, sit on the bench, wear the ball cap. The Leafs win, and he didn't need to play. So I think, again, all, all things considered, just checking box after box after box. Uh, you know, we, we again, we, we keep coming back to the power play. Gord, I think it's a really important point. You keep driving home. When the skill, when the team, when a team has the skill that this group has, again, it's not to panic. It's not to you know ratchet up the intensity on this question. But given all the problems we've had in this market with the power play, you have to keep wondering at what point is it going to click. I thought they got some okay looks at some points in that, but again, it's when you have a five on three, good looks is the bare yeah, minimum. No, exactly. I mean this this wasn't a power play. This was a double dog dare you power play <laughs> five on three and it wasn't impressive enough on that and i honestly and i i pay i respect coaching and i respect scouting and i rec- respect all those parts about game pre- preparation but i honestly think that when they go and they look at uh, the board and the whiteboard and all that i i just i just think they're overthinking it i really do i almost i almost i almost think you got to go hey Let's just go back to last January when you led the league for the first month or whatever it was, and um, you guys figure it out. Uh, you know, just I I know that sounds old school, so I don't. But but honestly, because this is not they've they've done it. They've got skilled players. They had a great power play, and then it just plummeted to earth. And um, you know, it's still too early to see if uh, what's going to happen. But it really hasn't you know made big headway. Well, and, and it's fair to say if you're sitting here listening to this, it is. 100% fair to say the best goal scorer in the league isn't out there. That's going to hamper your power play. And yes, that is a fair, you know, comment to make back. But again, 
William Nylander, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, Jason Spezza, who who we know can can contribute in, in flashes. It's just there is a, more than enough talent, even without the reigning Rocket Richard Trophy winner there, to get it done on the power play. You know, I've highlighted, we've talked about Sheldon Keefe, especially with Matthews out of the lineup. I wouldn't say leaning on, but being unafraid to load up his big line offensively and throwing William Nylander out there with Marner and Tavares. He did it the other way defensively tonight at the end of the game. It is just another sign to me how much Sheldon Keefe really trusts in David Camp. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, David Camp was a guy out there quite a bit with different lines and, and, um, you know, different roles out there. You know, Philippe Deneau, for example, did that in Montreal, does it in Los Angeles now, and you're, you're trying to find that version here in Toronto. Maybe he's it. Yeah, maybe he is, and I think, you know, he obviously has, has a, you know, chemistry with Kasha, trying to find some with Pierre Engvall as well. Leafs are 3-1 winners at home tonight at Scotiabank Arena. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame. That's Gord Stellick. I'm Brent Gunning here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Brody with traffic in front of the net, trying to get it through, and it was blocked. A lead pass for Stutzla. He'll carry down in over the lane. Makes a great play. Now he's in on goal. But Campbell denies. The soup is on. As the puck goes out of play at the Ottawa bench. Great save by Jack Campbell with a 2-0 lead. There is the game's third star, Jack Campbell, pre- uh, preserving a, at the time, 2-0 lead. 3-1 is the final. Alex Kerfoot and Michael Bunting, the second and first stars of the game. Campbell, the third. You know, I think I think the fact that we're not sitting here talking about a wonderful goaltending performance, that is not indicative of Jack Campbell's game, but it's indicative of everything else that happened. It's, it is not the topic of conversation today, and sometimes that's a good thing. And by the way, Tim Stutzla's a hell of a player. He really that is. That was a great rush. When they get Brady Kachuk back, if they played like that, Stutzla is a, is a great, is a real, real nice young player. Um, more pressing issues. So three stars, all three are Leafs. They do that quite a bit. Uh, and I, they're not giving them the replica stick this time, Brent. Mm. Normally, so if you come That's here expecting, right. probably in all seriousness, probably COVID, right? Yep. But then normally the guys would go in, and then if, if you're a star, they give you kind of a knockoff. And you'd find someone and you'd pass the stick to. The knockoffs at least look the same. It's well, like they're, they're going, oh yeah, they're going yeah. old school Jason Spezza wood so, sticks so, on So, yeah. So this one, uh, the three of them, I said, wow, those look like really good sticks. Well, they didn't pass them. So, obviously, <laughs> it's just their own sticks if you're thinking that way. But, uh, yeah, the kind of Jack Campbell um, gives you a chance to win games. That's what you want from a goaltender every game. Now, he did more than that tonight. He, he didn't get he didn't get overly t- tested, I don't think. It wasn't like he didn't st- steal again by any stretch of the imagination, but he was tested at times. Wasn't tested early for the first time because uh, Mrazek last time and, and Campbell in game number one, all of a sudden the first like three minutes had too many glory scoring chances against them. So uh, I, I like I liked the game that he played. No, champagne problems to have, but you know, if you're a goaltender who, and the way this season has gone and this team has played at times in the past, if you're a goaltender who's used to having to stand on your head and getting into the game early on it is a completely different challenge to kind of have to sit there waiting three four minutes before you're waiting for your real you know first test as a as a goaltender so I think that yeah it's 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 just another element of Jack Campbell's kind of mental game that we're we're seeing out of him yeah yeah and you know now if how long is he we discussed it Brent before and I said I don't think they'll deviate much from 50 50 uh, unless there's extenuating circumstances meaning one goaltender is exceptionally hot one's exceptionally cold or injury so um I, 
they they did not. He's not used to long runs. Last year was a long run for him with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's been a career backup goaltender. The early reports is that Peter Morazic doesn't have to go on the 10-game 10 10 injured list. You can always do that retroactively. But, yeah, I wonder how long Jack Campbell's going to have to carry this torch for. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be very, very curious to see. 590-590 is the text line. Please include your name and location. Always love mixing in text from you guys here as well. We've got producer Sam McKee on the line with us. And I say on the line, but I'm staring him right in his eyes. I'm right beside he, you. That's right, you yeah. are. Uh, what, did, what did we got on the text line today? Well, I thought it was only appropriate that your son, Michael Bunting, <laughs> the greasy rat, he uh, gets a goal tonight and looks great. And the text line, uh, a nice little pun that I know Gordo will love. Uh, Blue Jays better. Blue Jays fans better not complain about bunting ever again. From Whoa. longtime texter <laughs> SJ in North York. I know you love that uh, little. Well, the playoff game they had a bad bunt, didn't they? Yeah. they, they failed on their one sacrifice. This yep. guy would have done it. There's yes, no, okay. there, there, there may be terrible bunts in baseball. A lot of them, but there are no bad and, bunts at Scotiabank Arena. Yeah. And not only is there one text on the text line about bunting, there's two. If I'm Austin and Mitch, I am requesting bunting on my line. Love that guy, plays with a ton of heart. So safe to say, boys, Leafs Nation starting to fall in love with bunting just like our boy Connor. I am not remotely surprised. I mean, part of it was the sales pitch coming in. When when all you hear about a player is that he has scored an ungodly amount of goals for the little that he has played in the <laughs> NHL and that he's a pesky player, well, that sounds like recipe number one. And, you know, maybe maybe there's some jest from the texture there, but, I mean, I've thought that made the most sense from the jump. I didn't think Nick Ritchie was the kind of guy to, to, to fit there with Tavares and Marner. Obviously, that line just hasn't kind of clicked yet. I would not be surprised if you see a Michael Bunting. And again, this all depends on when Matthews is back, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see him get a little bump in the lineup. Well, you know Sheldon Keefe is listening to our show right now. Of so course. You're, you're going to make some headway with that because he is a very astute hockey guy. And uh, <laughs> he, he's, uh, he's, he, he's done already mixing in the first three games. You know, he, need, he needs to find that. He knows that for game number 83, which we continually talk about, uh, what is the optimal four-line mix? And then even then in the playoffs, it's that sixth sense about who's going, who's not. And, you know, not oh, again, not overthinking it, but getting a, getting a sense of what – who needs an addition or who needs something to get them going or get to that certain level. And you're right, in in Bunting's case, he just seems like that kind of guy that uh, uh, can move up no problem. Well, I want to be clear about what I think he is as a player. Like, I think this is a guy who he will have spells where he's really going, and he should absolutely be on one of those top six lines. But you know what's going to happen? There's going to be games where he just doesn't have it in all likelihood, and that's fine because that's the whole point of having that that mishmash on the left-hand side is, you look, you'd love it if everybody just slotted in perfectly, and Richie was your perfect first-line guy, and then you had Bunting, and then you had McKayev, or however you wanted to do it. But given the, the big four forward group for this team, there's always going to be kind of mixing and matching uh, going on there. Yeah, and uh, Wayne Simmons, another player. I thought he had a real strong game, and not just because he scored the goal, but a real strong game tonight. And again, little little different than Bunting. Um, older uh, has the has the physical thing, the physicality, which is unique to any Toronto Maple Leaf player or forward right now. But again, he had a nice he had a nice game tonight. Yeah, the, the complimentary players are the ones we're complimenting the most about their game tonight. But that goes into a team effort over an 82 game season. I just. Uh, you know, so many positives about this. Uh, and it's funny, if Ottawa would have won, then the Maple Leafs are behind Ottawa and Buffalo in the Atlantic Division standings. Montreal's 0-3, uh, and I've said that. I just uh, I just, 
I think they're a have-not team. And again, it's only three games, but they're 0-3. But anyway, the Leafs uh, don't have to fall behind Ottawa and Buffalo this early in the season. Uh, thank goodness for that. I, I'm with you. I've long said I didn't I didn't believe it when I was witnessing it with my eyes in the Stanley Cup final last year. They lost Carey Price. They lost Shea Weber. I'm definitely not a believer in the Montreal Canadiens now. You know, we were talking about the kind of discrepancy in ice time for some of the defensemen. I'm just looking at the just looking at the ice time here. The lowest minute guy of the D was was Lilligren. He finishes with 14:52. Dermott's just above or just below 15:30, uh, and then you have Sandine at 17:50, and then you know the the Muzzin, Brody, and Riley where you would expect them. So just looking at that that kind of discrepancy or really lack thereof, what does that tell you about what Keith thinks about those three younger defensemen on his team? No, no, exactly. Uh, just uh, and again, decent minutes. Uh, I, I I still think he. <laughs> He wants a little bit more them entrenched and experience and you know consistency, but tonight tonight would be a nice night for this, uh, hopefully and seemingly emerging defense core. Yeah, well, well said, and uh, that that is going to be one of the things we'll see. You know, there's a lot of things on this team that are kind of set. That's one of the things we'd like to see develop as the year goes along. Gord Stellick, Brent Gunning here with you. This is Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Puck comes free. Marner breaks it out at center. Got it ahead to an open wing for Tavares. Tavares' backhand hit the goal post. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> Marner, and now here's Camp to Marner in front of the net. And his shot was blocked by the skate of Shabbat. Here's a centering pass by Tavares. It doesn't work. Camp gets it back into the corner to him. Centers for Marner, and a sprawling play made there by Stutzla, denied, but the game will run out of time. If there's such a thing as a frustrating end to a 3-1 game, I think we just heard it there from Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph. John Tavares tucking it into the post. Mitch Marner blasting a couple slap shots into the pads or the shin pads of, of Tim Stutzla there. Uh, boy, both those guys def- desperately wanted those empty net goals. I mean, Marner was beaver tailing in the slot when, when Camp added on the wing there. It was just that that was an incredible finishing sequence. I don't know that we'll ever see anything like that again, nor do I want to. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if Stutzla maybe had the under. You know, you just you wonder because I, I mean, he was sacrificing his body on those on those shots in the empty net about Marner. I mean, give him all kinds of credit. Like uh, when it when the when the when the game is out of hand because the Leafs had a two goal lead. You know that 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 that's a little bit higher risker type of injury thing. But Mitch Marner, John Tavares, part of what you're saying, Brent, and also Joe and Jim were just talking about was you know they getting down to the third consecutive game, start the season, they haven't scored a goal. Let's take an empty netter. Bank it, and uh, let's get some real deals starting on Monday. So, uh, because of some great defensive work, goal defensive slash goaltending by non goaltenders, it didn't happen. Yeah, I think I think the good thing about that is if you're both of those guys, and again, it's the pedigree they have in this league, it's everything they've accomplished. I think even they, obviously not in the moment, but even afterwards, they're sitting in the room like they have to have a like a slight little chuckle about that. I know they're upset. I know they want their cookies, but a uh, little one, little well, one, yeah. 
Very, very much. I don't. Tavares doesn't chuckle That's a, a great ton. Point. I don't think. That's a good point. But, uh, uh, but hey, but he's had his intensity. You know, he hasn't. He hasn't had a goal, but he's had some bite. He's had his intensity. And we mentioned the end of the second period when the Ottawa goal was disallowed, and you can see Tavares chatting with Morgan Riley. And I forget how many seconds they had when that eight. It was eight point eight, and then they did it again to two point two point two. And uh, they got a scoring. They got the scoring chance out of it. The play that Tavares talked about went perfect. Then the next time, I think it was Spencer that won it. Mitch Marner wired it with one second left. So the, I, I I liked the skill level and the way they were able to execute. Maybe because no whiteboard was involved, they just chatted. That's right. They just went out there and figured it out themselves. There was a there was a play in I think it was early on in the third period there where Marner kind of dashed in, had another great chance in front. I think the thing is with players like him, we've seen it from Matthews at times when he's gone through his minor droughts, Nylander as well. With skilled players like that, you can see them starting to come out of it, and you could see it a little bit from Marner. And again, I, I want to be clear, this isn't a player who's been bad to start the season. It's just when you're paid the way you are and you're there to produce points and you don't, it just kind of weighs on you. So I think that you can see the signs that this is a player kind of coming out of that. Well, and you know, the one that was, again, maybe we're imagining things you and I were watching, there was kind of a three-on-one and Marner had the puck, and the right play was to pass. It just, you know, didn't get a great shot off whomever took the shot. But I did say to you, now – it seems like teams are overplaying Mitch Marner to pass. No, three on one, you, you've got to really kind of play. You know, uh, you know that's a tough one to play. But there, I think there is some an, ele- an element of validity to that. Just that because he's such an unselfish player, and assists are his. You know, he's kind of the Ryan Getzlaff, and then some. Uh, assists are his calling card, and uh, uh, in, in, in and teams know it. And we talked about that. They talked about that last year at times, and certainly in the playoffs. That's Gord Stelic. I'm Brent Gunning. This is Sheldon Keith. You know, I I got a lot of questions yesterday or the other day about our start. I, I actually didn't have any problem with our start in Ottawa, depending on how you define the start. We're talking about the full 20 minutes of the start. Yeah, we were down three nothing, but. <clears throat> You know, in Ottawa, they, they scored at about eight and a half minute mark. That was the first scoring chance we had given up. The shots at that point were four to three or four to two or something like that. <clears throat> you know, so I had no issue with our start in Ottawa, as I said, but it certainly was nice to score first. Sure, what's your, your impression of uh, hunting now? And of course, the whole three games, what do you like to play? So. Yeah, we've spoken about him a lot. You know, he's just. <laughs> yeah, he's just. <laughs> Whether he's scoring or not, he's competing at a very high level. He's engaged in the game, and he's engaged in every shift. Um, he wants to score, and when I say that, I mean, of course, everybody wants to score, but it's very obvious. It's apparent he's putting himself out there. He's not afraid to go to the areas where the goals are more likely to happen, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's in the fight every day. That's what I like about him. You take us through the, the review um, whether that came from you or the call came in and, and what you saw on that play, because that sure turned out to be a huge play. Yeah, well, the, the process is you know, our, our guys, uh, led by Jordan Bean and, and Sam Kim, on the video side of things, they're, they're on top. But every time the puck crosses the blue line, he's, you know, whether it's a goal or not, they're, they're on top of it. And we usually know uh, pretty much instantly whether they feel it's offside. So we had a pretty strong sense of that one right away. Told me to give him a second. Uh, I have a screen, you know, on the bench as well, and they put the picture up there for me, and uh, it was pretty clear that we had a good case there. So uh, it was pretty, pretty easy decision in that sense, and was pretty confident it was going to come back. 
besides the goal, how how much better was Simmons and that line uh, compared to the first two games? Yeah, a lot better. I think scoring a goal does a lot for everybody's confidence for the line, gets them going. Uh, coach gets more confident in them, wants to get them out there because they've earned it, and you know they've got us got our group going. Uh, so. Yeah, I thought those guys were good. I thought they were better in Ottawa as well. Uh, I thought those guys had gave us some good shifts down in Ottawa. Uh, so it was nice to see them build on that today and get rewarded. And your thoughts on the Lickerins first game? I thought he was really good. Gave us some good minutes. Uh, you know, he played with Muzz and, you know, killed penalties and had some tough assignments, you know, for his first game today. And I thought he did a really good job. You know, a couple times things got in behind him, but he also he also got a stick on some things and broke up some plays at the same time. So it played some important minutes for us today. It's a real nice first game for him. I know this morning you were saying Razik still being special. Is there an update of him now? Yeah, there is. It, we're, we're expecting it to be uh, 14 days. Yeah. Safe to say Hutchison will be backing up on Monday? Hutch will be at practice for, for us tomorrow, yeah. What do you see now that um, Marner, Tavares, and Richie line? I mean, you've broken them up the last couple of games now, uh, kind of together at points, but... Uh, well, me breaking them up really has nothing to do with that line necessarily. It's more me just trying to get Will with those guys. That That's really it. Um, I thought the line, I mean, they've had a ton of chances. You know, uh, Tavares and Marner in particular have had a ton of chances. Uh, Richie hasn't had a bunch uh, here yet, but I think they'll come. I thought just today was his most physical uh, game. Uh, I thought he did some good things, had some good plays with the puck for the neutral zone. Uh, so I thought that line, you know, did some good things and deserved to be rewarded. You know, they had some, some really good shifts and uh, some great, great scoring opportunities. Uh, but those guys did a lot of good things for us here today, you know, and uh, like I said, didn't get rewarded, but fortunately we didn't need it tonight, which leads me to believe they're more likely to, to score next time out. But by putting Lowe with them, is that just to get him some extra minutes or what's the thought process there? Well, I just... I think that you know, putting our three best guys together has great potential to produce positive results for us. So at different points in the game, you know, coming out of a TV timeout or after an icing or what have you, you know, I, I like to go to that. You know, I do similar things when Matthews is available. Um, you know, whether you do it, do it more frequently when you're trailing in a game, but there was a couple times here today that I just thought it was a good opportunity for us to to get them together and, and give our give our group a boost, but. I also, of course, like it when we're on different lines and gives us greater balance, too. Any nervous moments tonight when uh, Jack's out there and you know he's got a uh, guy from the UFT as a backup? No, nothing. I mean, there was, there obviously, to me, there was no reason to think that way. Jack got, the, got through the game and was was good and comfortable. And, uh, you know, if, it's just it's an unfortunate situation. It's a reality of the you know the flat cap system here, and the fact that for the first time in the flat cap, like you don't have the exemptions and things that were in place for COVID last year, you're going to see a lot of this throughout the league. In fact, from what I'm told, Colorado's playing one man short tonight as well. Uh, one skater short, you're going to see this a lot around the league. I think is is the reality. But uh, happened to be us here tonight. We got through it. Like I said before. You go into the game thinking positively, so you're not too concerned about the backup goaltender. You're just preparing the team, and lucky for us, we didn't uh, we didn't need it, and the guys got through the game very well. Pitt told us he said he needed to be better uh, when speaking to us this morning, uh, and then he came out with a two point night. How important was it to bring that bounce back in? I missed the, the beginning. Uh, Kerfoot just said. Kerfoot. Okay, sorry. Yeah, uh, it was it was important. Yeah, I had spoken with him here this morning, and 
Uh, Kurt's a good player, and he's played a lot of good hockey for us over my time here. And I could tell he just wasn't, you know, wasn't playing the way he's capable of. But uh, you know, I spoke with him of, I used, you know, the mindset of that today's game one. Let's let's you know let's uh, go into it with a clean slate and go out and play the way you're capable of. It was really great to see him score a goal. I think that'll go a long way for his confidence and for him to kind of get rolling. But I thought he, today was certainly his strongest game, not just because of the goal. Thanks, coach. Thank you. There is Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe after a 3-1 win. A lot of topics of conversation there. Uh, you know, him singling out Colorado, not in terms of, you know, their decisions that they made, but just that this is going to be a common thing in the NHL this year. Teams dealing with salary cap crunches or, you know, playing a man short. That's what Colorado opted to do tonight. The Leafs, they opt to go for the 18 skaters. Obviously, it worked out well in their favor. But, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to me how much this, this kind of thing rears its head this season. Well, and again, because the cap is so complicated, they're early in the year there are certain real ramifications cap-wise, and these little tweaks are actually bigger tweaks than you think. And I, I mean, you, you or I um, don't have the collective bargaining agreement and, or uh, whatever time it takes to figure well, it out. I was going to say, if we had it in front of us, how long would this show need to be for us to get the answer to that question? It would be like a telethon, yeah. like a 24-hour <laughs> telethon, something like that. But it's uh, – uh, and, and – you know, I don't know. It's, I don't know if that's a softball question to Sheldon Keefe. He's going to back the goaltender, kind of say, hey, you know, the backup goaltender, Alex Bishop, we're, we're good. You don't – well, and, and even then, because there's so many so many jinx things and good luck things that, you know, you're not at all thinking about, oh, my goodness, Jack Campbell can't, can't get hurt because that's always the recipe for disaster that that happens. Just like, hey, if he comes in, Scott Foster did it for the Chicago Blackhawks. We saw David Ayers do it here right against the Leafs for the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, if, that's, if that theater is going to un- unravel, uh, then, uh, you know, then let it happen. Worry about it then. We will be uh, joined on the line in just a moment from Luke Fox. You just heard him asking at least one wonderful question. If there were others, they were wonderful as well. But I heard his voice at least once in the uh, in the scrum with uh, Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. So we'll talk to Luke in, in just a minute here. Obviously get his takes tonight. You know, uh, it, it keeps coming back to the fact that you try not to overreact too much. You try not to get too far ahead of yourself. But even without Austin Matthews in the lineup, this was a really, really complete game. Now you can say that in the, in the window, that these two teams are in, that's what you should do against the team like this Ottawa Senators. But I think of all of the kind of bottom feeders, and I don't know how bottom they'll be, this is a scary bottom feeder team because of the Stutzlas and the Bathersons and no Kachuk tonight, but Shabbat. Like, there is a ton of talent. It's just not quite there yet. So I think that this easily could have been, I don't want to say a trap game because they just lost to the Sens, but this is not, uh, you know, what the Sens record finished at last year and what it may finish at this year isn't necessarily indicative of how good the team is and how no, talented Yeah, and especially are. against the Leafs. Ottawa's played the Leafs well. Um, you know, no Austin Matthews, just like there's no Brady Kachuk and, and, and of the three, Leafs are up two to one, which she'll take, but, but not a dominant game yet, you know, and, and I, I like the odd dominant game. I like the odd dominant game, uh, but it, you'll need your dominating players probably to come up if you're going to get that. I mean, the LA Kings opened the other night and what both Kadowdy and, and Kopitar had four points each, like the golden oldies in a, in a win over six, two win over Vegas. You know, it's just kind of the kind of game I'd like to see. Maybe, maybe it'd be Monday against the New York Rangers. Yeah, it was funny. I was talking to somebody about John Tavares and they were highlighting of what you expect from, from that player. And they were kind of, you know, pointing out Anze Kopitar as the guy at that stage of his career that you can kind of point and pinpoint to. And, you know, players are different, but uh, yeah, John Tavares had signed up for that hat trick and, and two assists 
this night that, that Kopitar had and Dowdy with the special game as well. Uh, Leafs coming off a 3-1 win tonight. Their next game is Monday at home right here at Scotiabank Arena against the Rangers. Rangers also coming off a 3-1 win. They take care of business against the Habs tonight. And Gord, I don't know how much we can say this, how thankful we can be that we're going to watch a team that doesn't play in Canada. And you know what? I love your thoughts on that. But I'm going to get Luke Fox as he joins us now from Sportsnet. Luke, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. So that was, what a, it, that was a fun game. It was a fun game. It was. It was. I mean, uh, what, what was a big takeaway from you? I mean, Michael Bunting, obviously, first star. He gets the goal. A lot of a lot of headlines there. Jack Campbell, solid. What, what was your biggest kind of takeaway from tonight? Well, Scarborough alone defeated Ottawa two-one with goals by yes. uh, Wayne Simmons and Michael Bunting. Uh, this Bunting kid is, is is just what the Leafs ordered, right? Um, you know, the the goal. He said it was a dream come true. You see his, his big smile, and he smashes the glass, and hometown kid. Um, but it, it's not just the goal, right? He's drawn a penalty in every single game so far, three for three that way. Uh, he's driving to the crease. He's getting under the opposition's skin. Uh, Wayne Simmons said after the game that he would absolutely hate to play against Bunting, uh, that he'd be kind of in his pocket all night. Um, and you know that that's what they need, right? They need a little bit more of that. They have lots of the, the fast, skilled guys. They need a guy who's just not afraid to to get go to the greasy areas and 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 get a game going like that. So he was a big standout for me. The other was the fourth line was pretty sleepy in the first two games. So that Simmons goal uh, to kick things off, I think, was huge for the Leafs. But also uh, it gave keep confidence to roll four lines, which I think is big. Uh, especially, you know, we're talking about a long season here. You don't want to overwork your stars. So the fact that fourth line got going was was big. And then Jack Campbell, he's played seven periods now and has only allowed two goals. Um, and this is exactly what they need, especially with Peter Mrazek out. We just found out he's going to be out 14 days. So uh, Jack Campbell's staring at a pretty heavy workload the next couple weeks. Well, and, and the death part, just as you allude to it, it's it's – it's nice on all fronts. It's also nice on the D that you get you put Lilligren in and you got Sandine as well and you're not seeing that disparity of minutes. You're not seeing four guys play 22 minutes each and two guys play six because that I, I was saying that earlier to Brent that that's never a good situation because uh, the the D knows you're lacking confidence in them and you're also looking at it saying these guys aren't probably good enough to play in the NHL but no these guys got decent minutes tonight. Yeah, and Lilligren had a nice game. Uh, Keith was very complimentary of him. You know, he used him on the penalty kill, uh, and that's what you need, right? Um, like you said, you don't want to overwork uh, your Morgan Rallies because it's a long haul. So nice contributions there. Sandine, um, I mean, this, this is kind of what they're hoping for, right? He, he, he activates down low, and Simmons said he basically didn't have to do anything to score that goal because Sandine did all the work and, and just put the puck right on on his tape, and it was a it was a tap in, right? Because he was willing to drive the crease. Um, so to have another Riley esque type player in in Rasmus, who's not afraid to to go down low, use his speed, and and kind of create that way, I think adds a, a more dynamic element to to the blue line. Um, so uh, yeah, good job all around. You know, the, there wasn't a ton of of super dangerous chances for the Sens. I think. The Leafs had the lion's share of, of the high danger chances. Um, so uh, when I when I talk about the work Jack Campbell's done, a lot of the credit should go to the defense for kind of limiting second and third opportunities as well. 
that was what I noticed. You know, the the shots ended up being what they ended up, but it just felt like Ottawa was kept to the outside for so, so, so much of that game. You know, you mentioned Lilligren being used on the penalty kill. How much of that do you think is just not wanting to disrupt the way the lineup is set? He's basically just slotting in in Justin Hall's spot versus does it tell us anything about Travis Dermott? Well, I don't I don't know if I would read too much into that. Like, I think Dermott had, had a fine enough game. Um, but I think it has more to do with this team trying to figure out how are they going to use up all the penalty kill minutes with Zach Bogosian no longer a member of the blue line, right? Like, he would eat up a lot of those. Um, clear guys in front of the net, block shots, all that. So now all of a sudden you've got guys who, you know, didn't come up playing a lot of penalty kill in, in Dermot and Lilligren. They certainly did a little bit with the Marlies, but that wasn't kind of their bread and butter as prospects and in coming into the league. So it's kind of by necessity that um, whether it's Dermot or whether it's Lilligren, whether it's Morgan Riley a little bit more, someone else has to help out Jake Muzzin on the penalty kill, and especially on a night when Justin Hall is sick and can't even play um, because he eats a lot of those minutes as well. So I think it's more by necessity. I wouldn't, I wouldn't read it into a slight on, on one of the other defensemen. Okay, Luke, you talked about the penalty kill. Let's talk about the power play. Okay, two-man advantage. They called timeout. Mm-hmm. My suggestion when you're talking to coaches, or if I see them, I'll mention, don't have a huddle. Don't look at the whiteboard. Don't look at the video. Just, just Don't even go. look at the players. Just, yeah, just, just go out and play. Just go out and play. I gotta, I gotta think. I gotta think. You know, you're, you're, you've gone over it so many times, like about whatever. That sometimes just get, get back to your gut instinct. That hopefully will draw you back to last January when you were killing it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Gord. I, I wonder if it's partly because they have a bit of. They decided to go with a bit of a different setup for uh, the five on three than the five on four. Um, instead of Spezza, they, they had Nick Ritchie parking himself net front. Um, maybe that's to take away the goalie's eyes uh, on five on three um, because they expect more shots. I'm, I'm not sure exactly, but uh, they did have a practice a ton of five on three um, in training camp. It was a lot of five on four because just the rarity of, of the two man power play, how much that comes up. So I'm guessing that that's why they decided to call a timeout. Maybe just give the guys a quick refresher, but I'm with you. Um, you give the chance uh, for the defense to catch their breath. Um, and I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, they've just taken two penalties. They're kind of frazzled. They're probably a little bit tired. I, I think you hammer the gas and just throw the guys out there. There's enough natural skill on the Leafs power play that you'd like to think can just take over. Yeah, and just add one more element to that. It's a young team that you don't want to give them a minute, the sense, to kind of gather yeah. their thoughts. Luke, thanks so much for the time tonight, bud. I uh, really enjoyed it. Okay. Talk to you again soon. There he goes, Luke Fox of Sportsnet. This has been Leafs Nation postgame. That's Gord Stellick. I'm Brent Gunning. Thank you so much for listening to Molson Canadian Leafs Hockey on Sportsnet 590, the fan in the Leafs radio network.